Radio Tiny House is on the air. Good morning. This is Radio Tiny House coming to you with episode number three. I'm Barry Smith here with my wonderful and beautiful wife, Beth, Beth. Smith. Yes, if she can remember her name this morning. <laughs> we're we're having a, uh, a a slow morning this morning after uh, a dog wake up from our great peer who was uh, barking at something last night and uh, never really went back to sleep. I think so. It'll be a, a multi cup of coffee morning. So good morning. Good morning. How are you? Sleepy. Sleepy, yes, indeed. Uh, we're also having a little bit of uh, wind, uh, the uh, early onset wind from the uh, Hurricane Sally that's going to be coming up. Uh, we're gonna even going to be getting lots of rain um, and wind um, probably throughout the night tonight and into tomorrow. But it's bumping um, around, so you might hear it in the background. Yeah, it's bumping around quite a lot in the background, so you might, uh, you might hear a few thunks and thuds and whirs, but I hope not. Well, and you know, I think we told said this on our earlier episode, but our podcast is done in um, what uh, many people are now living in, which was a shed that we put on our property. I call it a drag and drop shed. <laughs> uh, and um, it's a pretty good size shed. We're actually converting that into a homeschool room for our grandchildren. But um, the podcast is in the back. Barry has his voice acting studio here, and then we're doing the podcast in the other little half of it. But the w- funny thing is there's a branch on the above the roof that's rubbing on the metal roof right. that we have to take down. So you might even hear that today. Which sounds a little, it would be great at Halloween because right. it sounds a little ghostish. It's a little creepy. Um, but um, our grandson thought it was uh, a ghost at, uh, at one time. I assured him it was not. And then I heard it and I had second thoughts about what I had told him. So anyway, good morning. Uh, we're glad you're here with us. Uh, may not be morning wherever you are because we're doing a podcast format and soon to switch over to both a podcast and a radio format. And um, so it may be, you know, afternoon or early, early morning wherever you are. So I'll just say good day. Uh, so uh, today's, uh, today's show is sponsored by Tiny Houses Shed Homes, which is a new Facebook group. Yep, I host it there, and um, I do Facebook Lives most Sunday evenings. Occasionally, I get tripped up with schedules in life. Um, Funny thing is, I looked at Barry and said, hey, I'll just do this on Sunday evenings um, because we never do anything anymore on Sunday because of COVID. And the last two or three weekends, something's happened on Sunday evening. But I ended up still doing it most of the time, but last uh, week I couldn't. But anyway, it's a fun thing to do. We are talking again about tiny homes. Um, we've done tours of our tiny house. But of course, these will continue to expand as we get more mobility through COVID and we have the ability to continue to share not only our tiny home journey, but what other people are doing. And I think I do want to say early on in this, um, continue to say in this episode that we are not tiny home on wheeled dwellers. And that's what right. a lot of people think of as tiny homes. And it's a, I think it's a little bit of a misnomer, maybe even with tiny house, um, a radio tiny house name. But here's the thing. 
We live in about 700 square feet, and we talked about this laughingly that, that somebody has made the rule that it's under 500 square feet to be called a tiny home, and some people even think of that as 100 or 200 square feet. I think it's whatever you feel like you can uh, build and dwell in, but the thing about that is um, it is still way below the average, which is 2,600 square feet in the United States. And um, it's not as much about the goal and, of, and the rule of living tiny as much about uh, as it is about finding something affordable, finding a place that you can live in. M- many people want to live mortgage-free. Many people do it for reasons to be able to move their house. Um, and I've even seen people now starting to move their house when they build shed houses. So they just get right. a mover to just come move their house. Um so we'll talk about all those kinds of things, um, but it's not we're not limited to just people on wheels. That's too small for me and our life. Although I wouldn't, I'd love to like stay in a bed and breakfast that was that size. Oh sure, that'd be fun. But uh, I don't want to live in a house that's a hundred square feet. No, I, and and again, we're 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 addressing, of course, our experiences in a shed house um, because we've never lived uh, our whole married life. We've never really lived in a in a tiny house. Well. We lived in small apartments, but uh, that's not quite the same thing. Um, But we're addressing, uh, you know, things that have to do with tiny house living, shed living, um, yurt living, if that's your thing. That's kind of my thing. I always wanted to have a yurt, and I said that last time. I'm going to continue to say that at least until I get a yurt on our own property. And one of the reasons that we decided to, to, you know, go with a shed house design was, A, it was easier than building something smaller because we had already done that. But it was also something that we felt comfortable with because uh, we have, you know, grandkids that come over on a daily basis. Had to, uh, we felt like we had to have two bathrooms. Right. We had to felt, have two bathrooms. So we needed something bigger than the typical tiny house, but it's still very small for us. Now, we've gotten used to it, as you do with anything um, that you do on a daily basis. You just get used to your, your daily habits and, um, and how you live. And it's quite comfortable for us. It may be too big for some. It may be too small for others. But for us, living in a shed home has been um, fun. It's been interesting. And um, uh, those are some of the topics that we'll talk about, too. And we're going to be touring uh, some areas. There are some great spots around us uh, in in Georgia that have uh, tiny houses, but also up in Tennessee that have tiny houses. Uh, and Tennessee seems to be a, a great place to, to build a tiny house. So we're going to be visiting with some builders and, and taking some uh, video of those. So uh, you can see those in a couple of different places. You'll be able to see those in tiny houses, uh, shed homes. Uh, on Facebook, you'll be able to watch those videos on uh, RadioTinyHouse.com and on BethWSmith.com, uh, which is Beth's page. And we'll just, we'll just load everything in there as well because she has uh, followers on that page as well. So one of the things we wanted to talk about this morning was... For wherever you're looking to build, uh, tiny houses, like like in a business, it's all about location, location, location. And that should be the first thing that you think about uh, when you're when you're seriously looking into buying or building uh, a tiny house or a shed home. Many places that you would love to live, because they're they're close to something you want to do, close to river if you want to fish, close to mountains, uh, close to, to forests if you like to hunt. Um, you can't live because of restrictions. 
So if you buy there and you can't build there, then you're going to be in bad shape. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we, we, we had moved back to Atlanta from Seattle um, about five years ago. No. No, we moved back uh, 10 that, years ago. Oh, uh, wow. Five, time flies. Anyway, we had moved back and we knew we wanted some land. She needs more coffee. <laughs> and uh, we knew we need, wanted some land because we knew we wanted to build. But we looked at several places. We knew we wanted to be within a kind of an arc, the northern arc of the Atlanta metro area, because that's where our family is. Um, And we looked at several places, and I knew that I wanted to build something, but I had no idea really what it was. So, but we also knew for finances, we needed to keep it small, and we wanted to build what I kept calling as a family compound or a family commune. Um, So we kept, uh, I kept we we did this circle and we kept looking at property and looking at different things and, you know, Xing out different areas. I was working uh, just north of the city, so we felt like we needed to be somewhere that was commutable to that location. Um, and I saw this piece of property and I just kept looking at it. I, I don't know why. I just really felt called to it. And it said no restrictions. And honestly, I didn't know much about what that meant. It just said that this property was for sale with no restrictions. I'm like, good, because I don't know what restrictions I want to have applied to me, but I want to find out what that is. So I finally dragged Barry up to come see this property. And um, we came back a couple of times and we ended up buying it. It was owned by the bank and we got it for really very inexpensive. A great deal. A really great deal. Um, yeah, now you can't. But um, and that's the big problem right now is that land and and lumber have shot up as everybody's trying to leave cities and do this. So that's it. You know, I would recommend sooner rather than later if this is part of your journey. But anyway, so we bought this property and it said no restrictions on the realtor's website, but or whatever. But I didn't really know what that meant. So I started digging and looking, and um, I found out that what I needed to do for, um, you know, to meet code, because Barry and I are the kind of people who are never going to build, we're not, we're risk adverse enough to never build something that wouldn't meet code, because then we would be afraid somebody would make us tear it down. Right. So uh, some people tried to sneak. Um, and the funny thing is, here in my county, our county, is the minute we put this shed uh, drag and drop, which is totally fine here, uh, they started snooping around and wanted to, like, start to tax us. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, you can't tax us for that. We don't even, we had just done a rent to own. We don't even own that building. The tax people came by, like, on a daily basis. <laughs> They'd drive real slowly up the driveway and then see what else we were see building. See what else we were building, yeah. They just also helped themselves and walk through our house, which I was quite offended about while we were building our second house. I'm like, why are you in my house? Uh, so you never, I mean, but the county has the right to do that. Um, so, you know, uh, I guess that to be said is the reason I'm saying that is we were lucky enough that we bought um, our property. I knew this thing about no restrictions, but I didn't know what else. At the time, we had to have uh, our state required 500 square feet or greater. Uh, and the county was okay with that size. Now, I have heard, and I haven't done the research, so I can't verify, that, that the state has adopted Appendix Q, which we talked about a little bit uh, on an earlier podcast. Right. It's, it goes down to 350 square feet for an on a built-on site. 
house. Anyway, so, um, but we were at the time had to do 500 square feet. So we just decided that we were going to build to code and uh, do that. Now, but, you know, not to get too deep in those weeds, because we'll have a, a build to code podcast at some point. But um, I guess the reason I wanted to talk a little bit about that is for us, the location was the number one reason we chose this property. It was easy for me to get to my job that I no longer do, thank the Lord. <laughs> um, but it was also, I, I had the property had no restrictions, whatever that meant, because I didn't know enough about all that yet. But um, we also knew that we were near family and near the city we wanted to live in. And honestly, there are many people that are, you know, moving to a really rural lifestyle. And we live about five miles outside of a little city. But the draw for us was the town. Right. Yeah. One of the, one of the great things about, uh, about living here is we, our town um, has a real downtown area. It's an old town square. Um, and it's actually Lots of cute restaurants, cute, cute restaurants, cute stores. It's actually thriving. It's part of a, a, a college town. Um, right. and it's, um, uh, it's actually quite, I, I looked at going to school here when I was, uh, when I graduated from high school, um, and decided not to, because at the time it was mainly a military academy. And, uh, so I went elsewhere um, I think we talked about that last week. I went to the booming metropolis of, I have no idea what's dinging. I have all my alerts turned off. So, um, I'm, I'm just going to have to, um, deal with that right now. <laughs> I'm not going to stop the podcast, but I am going to have to figure out what the heck that is. It would be a good timer. Yeah. It would go off every five in minutes. I have no but idea. But you know, what that is. is life in the United States. I mean, yeah. everybody doesn't even pay any attention to those dings and tweets no, anymore because we all have them. But it, it is frustrating when you have everything turned off and they're still <laughs> and coming on. Is dinging. Maybe it's the ghost. Um, so we live in a great, I mean, uh, we live outside of a great town. Uh, and our two, we kind of joked with each other, our two main requirements for the town was that it had to have a theater. Uh, we were thinking movie theater. It does have an old movie theater that they primarily do plays and, and uh, concerts in now. Um, but it had, but to have importantly, a, had to have a Starbucks. Right. And so now uh, we'd have a Starbucks, but we also have a Dunkin' Donuts, which uh, I, I prefer their coffee, but that's a different thing altogether. When, when you live in Seattle area, you get used to Starbucks because they are quite literally uh, on every corner. Um, so well, you to could, me, that kind of meant like forward-thinking civilization that you would <laughs> right. a- actually have <laughs> a Starbucks. Right, it's like it's a civilized uh, area. One of the things that we also talked about when we looked for land was, uh, you know, it, at a bare minimum, um, I joked that it had to be uh, had to have a Starbucks because I mean a a Walmart because one of my favorite places in the world is uh, Dubois, Wyoming. Uh, we've been to a dude ranch out there, a guest ranch. Uh, a not num- far from Yellowstone. Yeah, not far from Yellowstone a number of times. And uh, the closest Walmart is like 70 miles away in Lander. So I, I joked that we had to have uh, a Walmart nearby. And we have that as well. So we have all of the, the makings of, of civilization here. Yeah, I mean, so we... I think when you're thinking about your tiny home journey, a lot of... And, and as, as pressures about what you're trying to build tend to push people more and more rural... You know, maybe um, the answer is not to be quite as radical, not to necessarily have a tiny, oh, by the way, we can't have single wides, they call them here in our county. So, of course, you could have a double wide, 
but you can't have a single wide. So that would uh, preclude any tiny home on wheels here. Um, but there are counties north of us that you could do that. Uh, but that's not, we felt like we wanted to live, you know, within an hour of uh, a city. And I think uh, as that pushes you further and further out, I think there are a series of compromises that you need to make depending on the life that you're trying to lead. If you're trying to just leave, lead the cheapest life you can, then, you know, rural living is where it's at. But for us, we wanted to have a vibrant kind of town life, um, not have to drive forever to go to stores and things. We find we are entertained. We don't shop for entertainment, but we love to be entertained by eating out. Right. Uh, we go to our little downtown area where there's music every weekend and we walk around there and just kind of, you know, hang out. Uh, but those kinds of things are important to us. And so we we wanted to make sure that we chose a location that contributed to making our lives fuller and richer. Um, we live rural, rurally, which is a hard word for me to say, enough that we can have a garden. And I had one this goats. year. Goats, bunnies, chickens. We've got all that. Some days I'm ha- happier about that than others. They're a lot of work. Um, I, we did a garden this year because of, you know, we feel like we really need to start doing a better job about growing our own food. That was one of the reasons we decided to move here. But, um, you know, that's hard work and it's hot. And I don't really like being outside when it's hot. I like gardening in Seattle better than I do here. Well, it's also, I mean, we've had a hot summer. I mean, we, hot, I, I don't summer. think we've reached, uh, I mean, I don't think we've reached the triple digits yet. Here. No, but. And hopefully we won't. But it not only was it hot, it was also very wet for us. Yeah. So uh, my here garden, in North Georgia. You know, but I, so I have a garden. It was, you know, okay. But uh, but the reality of that is we, well, my point, I guess, is that we have a city, a small city. So I guess really a town, but we have city, we have restaurants, we have Atlanta within an hour, we've. And it's an easy, just hop on one road and go. Um, and then, but we also have country living. So I, for us, it was important that we have a combination of all those things. And I think when you're thinking about buying or, re- or locating your tiny home or your shed home, um, you know, I think it's important to think about not not just doing the cheapest thing you can, but doing things that's going to enrich your life and um, let you, you know participate in life in various ways instead of just living in the woods right which is fine for some people that's okay but, but that wasn't what we wanted right and and you're gonna have to i mean you're gonna have to really do some soul searching and talk with your family about um you know what the goals are for what you're trying to do because if you want to uh you know live off grid uh you're gonna have to find a, a place where you can do that that uh, you know a lot of that is not going to be close to a a, a city even a small city um, because of restrictions and because of, of requirements to have power, which again, I think is crazy. I think if you live in a rural area and you own property, you should be able to build and do whatever you want to on it as long as it's safe. Uh, you don't want the roof falling in on your family or friends. You don't want the floor falling out from under you. Um, you know, you, you, you may want to have um, a wood stove for heat, uh, and the county may require gas or electric. Who right. knows? I mean, so, we had to provide a certain kind of heat. Um, and, you know, I think next uh, podcast, I think I'd like to talk about um, codes and how I feel about them after have built, having built two houses. 
to code. Right. So, but, um, but in we'll, order, we'll do that in another order for time. me to have a code discussion, I'm going to have to have a lot more coffee. Right. Um, but yeah, so you're going to have to really look at what you want to do, what kind of life you want to live. Um, and, and then you're going to have to make a lot of other considerations. You got to have a well if you want, if you're too far off of, of, City or county water, you got to have septic tank if you if you don't have access to a sewer. I mean, then there's lots of things that are involved in that. So we'll go into all that as we go along. Can't cover all that today, but um, just wanted to to you know talk about location, how important that is to everything else that happens everything. after you've you've made the decision. And, and don't just pick a piece of property just because just because it's cheap, you know, right? Because cheap often means nobody else wants it. Right. And so, yes, I understand the, the, the huge pull because it's a an ex, it, to build and do this is an expensive proposition, and we made a lot of sacrifices in order to actually do it. But um, now that we've done it, in hindsight, we're just so delighted that we did it. You know, um, I we are almost three years into our house. I had no idea it was that far. Now, we, had, we didn't live in it officially till uh almost well we would have in december i think we got our certificate uh, of occupancy right i think officially yes we've been at about two and a half two and a half years (laughs) right right um but uh you know looking back on it the sacrifices that we made were well worth it um and i just can't even describe how important that's been to the peace of mind that we have the a freedom that we have. We don't have to worry about a big mortgage every month. Um, we're living a completely different life. Uh, I walked away from corporate. Oh my God, thank goodness. Um, so it's just made a huge difference. But, you know, I, I so we don't really have any regrets about that, but it was a huge commitment to do. But I'm glad we chose to do it where we did it. Right. Yeah, well, we both we both walked away from uh, corporate jobs. I did it a little bit earlier than you. Uh, both of us were in healthcare, um, and that um, I mean, these days that certainly has its challenges. So I'm glad I'm not in that anymore, and I'm pretty sure you're glad you're not in that uh, anymore. Yeah. But you know, we did the whole travel thing. We did the the. I mean, you know, there was a time I was on the road for. You know, I'd leave on Monday morning and get back on Friday. Yeah, and, and I traveled. I mean, there's, traveled there's not any constantly. place that I haven't been, I think, except so, Hawaii. No, I've been to Hawaii, but not Alaska. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, so, but we've, I mean, we love to travel anyway, but it's different tra- having the opportunity now to travel with each other and with our grandkids than it was to hop on a plane with 8 Every million other people week. and just do that day in and day well, now, out. Now, of course, just, I can't even imagine with COVID. I would never want to go back to that. No. And I'm, I'm totally thankful for where we live and how we live. Right. Um, so we're going right. to skip on down and kind of finish this up, I think. Oh, okay. So we'll save that for later. Yep. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but right. we're saving for later. <laughs> Just make sure you tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Right. Barry's um, uh, been uh, good enough to give us an outline, but, um, you know. So we'll talk about a couple of different things next week because we are getting up on our 25-minute mark here. Right. Um I wanted to real... talk about fires and hurricanes. Okay. So we'll skip tiny house news stories. We're going to go directly to... Tiny house weather. And now uh, we're going to talk a little bit about fires and hurricanes because it's kind of crazy. Um, the fires out west are still burning. We talked about that a little bit last week. Um, and now we're finding out that many of them have been intentionally set. Um, some have been set by uh, arsonists 
to because arsonists just like to, to burn stuff. Uh, some of them have been set by people who um, set them close to a neighborhood, and then uh, people evacuate their homes, and then these guys are going in and, and robbing their houses. Um, so it's just kind of, it, it, it angers me the extent that some people will go to to take advantage of other people, but it really angers me that some idiot would decide to light a fire to a, a tinderbox, if you will, uh, it's so dry out west that uh, that everything is flammable, and, and they're just burning a beautiful area of the country. But these fires are also creating fire tornadoes um, and incredible windstorms, and um, people are, are abandoning their, their houses, and some of, a couple of people have died because of these fires. But the, the sad thing is, is, is many of the people that I know that build tiny uh, are also preppers. You know, they want to be off-grid or they at least want to have a place they can go to that's off-grid. And um, in a group that I'm a, a member of on Facebook, somebody asked a question the other day of, you know, they said, the Cal Fire has told me I have less than 24 hours to leave my house. What do I take with me? Well, that's something that, you know, if you live in a fire-prone area, thinking about what you need to do to evacuate within 24 hours is is not a good thing. So if you live in an area like that, if you live in a national forest, or if you live in uh, a hurricane-prone area, uh, then at least be prepared to leave your home. Um, and if you stay in your home, be prepared, not in a fire, I don't recommend that, but a lot of people stay at home during hurricanes, uh, which I also don't recommend. We've been through several hurricanes, and I, I wanted to stay one time, uh, and we made it, uh, Beth made me leave. Uh, and I'm glad we did because the one that I wanted to stay for was Hurricane Hugo and we lived in Charleston. Um, but be prepared. I mean, be ready for, for 72 hours at a minimum with food and water. So everything's still burning out west. The middle part of the country is getting cool, so fall is on its way. Um, people are wearing coats. Uh, I have a friend that lives in, uh, in Wyoming. It was 80 degrees one day. Two days later, they had six inches of snow and now they're back up into the upper 70s and 80s. Um, and then we're getting ready to deal with here in the Southeast, um, a massive hurricane, Hurricane Sally. Right. Well, I mean, the great thing about living tiny, um, if there's something such as fires and hurricanes to sort of, uh, piggyback off of what Barry said, the funny thing is in California, there are a lot of people that have been sort of sneaking tiny homes. And then when there's a fire, you can see them, I've driving down the street as people are evacuating you that maybe they're putting, you know, um, tiny homes on wheels behind their mom's house or something, which I never recommend. I always recommend you try to be, um, follow whatever code, not be sneaky because somebody will find you out and then you can, you know, find yourself without a house. But, um, the great thing about living tiny is that if there is some sort of a cataclysmic event, you know, the choices are a little different, right? You don't have as much stuff. That was a good word this morning. Cataclysmic. Thank you. You You don't have as much stuff to worry about. And, um, you know, if you are living in a tiny home on wheels, then you can just evacuate, which is if you, you know, if you you have the right thing to pull. But anyway, so that I think is important to think about. Um, Also with Barry, you know, we try to plan ahead. We try to keep three months of food in our, uh, mainly in my pantry, um, because we buy in bulk and things like that. So being prepared that way, 
And then we are having a hurricane coming this way. We've had, um, you know, when we built, we have prepped for, you know, 100 mile an hour winds because not prepped for, but that was our plan around um, our build. Um, so, you know, whatever you're doing, um, you know, what it's it's hard to imagine that you're going to be in a fire. It's hard to imagine that you're going to be in a hurricane. But if you're building or having someone build for you, um, you know, codes, many codes, by the way, uh, address this. Yes. And, you know, our tough shed home uh, that we have um, was built from a most of you probably know, was built from a tough shed that we saw at Home Depot. And by the way, the one we saw was quite hideous and it was not nearly as nice as our house is. <laughs> she, she said the I'm same like, thing last week. I know. She must really mean this. <laughs> I really believe it. But anyway, um, but the, you know, we built that, um, but we ha- it has a metal roof because of fire, you know, one of the reasons we have it. Um, we knew that we wanted it to be able to stand up to 100 mile an hour winds because we get them from time to time. So following codes uh, are key. But our tough shed that we build, you can't buy in Florida because right. it doesn't meet their hurricane codes. Um, I'm sure you could do hurricane strapping and do some other things. But I think they got tired of having to have people trying to navigate the shed code in Florida. So you can't buy the two-story shed. So, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever, sometimes your code is because of the climate that you are in. And if you're in in a hurricane, if you're in Florida, you're in a hurricane-prone area. If you're in Louisiana, oh, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about briefly. Um, And uh, back to the hurricane thing. Because of Lake, uh, because of the hurricane coming ashore in Lake Charles, Louisiana, this is one reason lumber was already uh, accelerating in cost. Um, people were are bailing from the cities. They're building shed homes. Shed homes, in particular, I'm sure tiny homes are like on wheels are going crazy too. But lumber has almost tripled in price, um, and it's shocking to people when they're trying to go to Home Depot and get you know two by fours to build their uh, thing that they are already figured out cost. Um, here's my recommendation. If you're currently building, particularly if you're like in the South, because uh, we know that in Lake Charles, they're having to rebuild half of their um, city, um, you might have to wait for six months. Yep, that's that's very until true. Until the big uh, draw for lumber is gone. Of course, Hurricane Sally is bearing down on New Orleans right now. Well, I think now that the track is going to put it a little more to the east of, of New Orleans, which is why we're going to have more of an impact here, Right. Uh, which is weird to think we're, about. The, we live in the North Georgia mountains, right. and we're going to be impacted by uh, a hurricane that's hitting the Gulf. Um, but that happens often all to the us. Time. It's but just it's weird. just it's just big bands of stuff. We don't get we get some weather, but, but that's, anyway, that's why. And you touched on a great point. And I was just going to say that cheap is good, but. When you build, don't build to just the bare minimum requirements. Right. Build, build to what could potentially happen and, and you know, maybe happen in your area. If you live in Mississippi, build like you're building for a hurricane or right. for earthquakes. Because you, might, because get you that. might get either one of them. Right. And that's what code often does. Now, that, you know, obviously you see swaths of houses that are hit by tornadoes and nothing's going to stop. I mean, unless you live in a concrete bunker. But, um, you know... Prepping your house or building your house with the idea that fires and hurricanes may happen 
I mean, I think it you know makes a lot of sense. You can't be too crazy, but I think that makes a lot of sense. But also, I did want to say that because of all the pressures on supply and demand um, uh, on housing, building right now might be out of reach. I do think it will come down. Um, we see the whole story of supply and demand, but we know that hurricanes. So somebody was like, I, I can't build now in Louisiana because, you know, I can't afford anything. I'm like, wait for six months. And I remember when we were living in Louisiana, um, we had hurricanes Rita and Katrina about six months after all of that. Um, hurricane, uh, FEMA trailers started becoming available and lumber started becoming available and people were selling off their generators. So um, staying out of that whole supply side of that is a smart way to save money to be able to buy what you want. So right. you might have to put your dreams off for a little while. Have patience. Right. But that if you don't have the land already, that gives you additional time to, yep. to look for the right spot and ask a lot of questions. We need to wrap this up. So uh, briefly, I just wanted to, to say thank you again for, for joining us. Uh, we have fun doing this. Yep. I have fun doing it. Um, I hope you guys uh, enjoy listening to it. And uh, we will see you on the next episode of Radio Tiny House. 